Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Hey, good morning. Good to be worshiping with you this morning. Uh, One of the things we love to do at HCF is is have our missions spotlights uh, whenever we have that opportunity. Uh, So we're taking some time uh, leading up to the missions conference in February to highlight our local ones. And we have an amazing blessing today uh, to have our our very own uh, Nate and Lacey Steele uh, with us. Um, So come and stand in the square. Uh, so we can make Josh happy. Uh, and I'm just going to turn it over to them. They, they lead Cultivate Ministries. Uh, your faithful support allows us to support them. And they do stuff that, that, uh, that you know about and stuff you don't know about. And so we're going to get to hear today the passionate uh, uh, ministry from their hearts, also what's going on, and then even what's planned, I guess, for, for the coming uh, year on, you know, adding, adding to. So uh, turn over to Nate Lacey, and then we're going to get a chance to pray for them when they're done with their spotlight today. Our, hello, my name is Nathan. This is my wife, Lacey, and we are the directors of Cultivate Relationships. And I just want to start off by thanking uh, you guys so much for partnering with us uh, for the last five years uh, to see Cultivate Relationships launched here in the Hill Country, uh, to see people relationally set free, see people relationally heal whole and uh, making disciples of Jesus. So thank you guys so much for allowing that to happen and take place here. Yeah, I want to say that through the support of this congregation and the ministry of Cultivate, we have seen some amazing testimonies come out of this last year. We have seen marriages restored. We have seen addictions broken off people. And through our men's group, we have seen men that have been encouraged and equipped to spiritually lead their families in new um, and and spirit-led ways. And so that has been incredibly exciting. We've seen a lot of fruit from that. I want to share with you a testimony from one of the women on our leadership team. She has been able to walk through processing a lot of her own pain and a lot of um, being able to learn how to walk in forgiveness. And through this process, she has become so excited of what she has seen in her own life that she wants to give it out. She can't think of living in any other way other than pouring that same kind of um, freedom into other people's lives. And so that to me, that gets me excited. When people not only love to receive the healing Jesus has for them, but they turn around and look at their neighbor and go, this is what the Lord has for you. He has more for you. He wants more for you. And so that has been, I, I think, one of the things that gets me the most excited at Cultivate. Yeah, we do all of this through two main avenues. One is in person. So Sunday mornings, we have classes in room 207, um, Bible classes, Bible study classes. Another one we do in our big one is the uh, Sunday night ministry gatherings. That's where we have uh, food, fellowship, and table discussion, teaching, 
testimonies. Um, we do freedom small groups where people walk through our resources. Uh, the other in-person thing, like you said, the men's group that we have Wednesday nights. Uh, I have a list here just making sure. Oh, marriage coaching. That's the other thing we do with uh, two of our other leaders. Um, and then online is our second avenue. There we have uh, teaching videos coming in the new year. We're going to be relaunching our podcast, which I'm super excited about. Um, and small group uh, videos with discussion. So if you lead, this is a great idea for uh, uh, your life groups, is we have small group discussion videos that are six weeks long. And then also we have books available, and then we just launched... Um, a second series of journals that walk through the year that provide insight into your God-given identity and out of that, God-given activities, things that you can do behaviorally that are God-given, that are spirit-filled, and, um, and then journaling, being able to journal through with the, your heavenly dad, with the Holy Spirit, and with Jesus, your very good friend. Um, we are able to provide all of these resources because of the generous support of People like you. I, I'm just noticing all the spit leaving my mouth and it's getting me sidetracked. Sorry. Um, because of the generous support of people like you, I, we really appreciate it and we thank you so much. Yeah, I, Nathan actually just released a new journal, which he, you know, he's not going to talk about this, but I'm, I'm so proud of him because the Lord gave him the system daily to go through in his journaling that included his schedule because he's very much like checkbox guy. And so um, in this though, it creates a system in which you can take your checkbox and give it to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a really, um, it's, a, it's a great way to live in that we don't partition off our lives. And so the Lord, you get this part and I'm going to keep this part because it's stuff I have to do and you don't care about that, right? But he does care about that. And so so um, that, he just released an um, edition of that, which has a daily word, daily prophetic word, and that is available online. We also have this book, which is called Unlove. It was released a few years ago, and it teaches you how to shake off unhealthy attitudes and perceptions of love. Maybe you've experienced love in your own life through various relationships that has not given you a good view of who the Lord is. And what he wants to do is he wants to remove those unhealthy lenses from your life and give you a clear perspective of how he loves, what that love looks like. So I wanna give this book away to somebody who wants to grow deeper with the Father. So is there anyone here who wants to see the relationship with the Lord become more intimate right now that I can give this to you? All right, back over here. If you wanna come down here, we can go ahead and get this to you. Do you mind handing that to her when she comes, Bill? Thank you, Bill. You're the first face. Sorry, I can see. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we um, we have uh, meetings every Sunday night in the youth room at 5:30 to 7. We have childcare provided, so we would love to see you there tonight. If you are feeling stuck discouraged or overwhelmed in any of your relationships, and this includes your relationship with the Lord, he wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you new energy and new life. And so we would love to see you tonight. Also, we have a table in the back. If you have any questions at all for us, we'd love to talk with you or pray with you. And so we can see you there after service. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen. So at the table, can they buy the stuff?
we are we are donor supported. We don't sell products, and so for a generous donation, they can absolutely. So, so it's a great Christmas opportunity for gifts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes. So uh, yeah, right out here, uh, just next to the the giving tree, yep. actually yep. for the for the year. Uh, meet the steals. Uh, give them uh, lots of money. Uh, bless their lives. Uh, I will ask unashamedly because they are 100% supported. Uh, by those who, who bless them so they can minister life and health and wholeness. Um, one of the things you're going to find at Cultivate, whatever venue it is, whether it's the men's, women's, marriage, uh, coaching, or on Sunday nights, is know who you are in Jesus, right. who Jesus says you are, right. who God created you to be, uh, how to step out of the, the deception and the lies and the, and, and the bondage the enemy's always trying to hurl on you so you can live an abundant and full life in Jesus, giving away that identity to those who are still bound in that. So uh, take advantage, uh, see you tonight at uh, 5.30, and you'll have a blast. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now as we bless the steals. Uh, Lord, I thank you for Nate and Lacey. I thank you for, uh, for their kids. I thank you for uh, the ministry you have brought here and the ministry that it goes forth uh, from these hearts, uh, from Burnett, Texas, uh, around the globe. And, uh, and I pray uh, that you continue to give them vision give them uh, great passion. Uh, Lord, I pray you continue to help them to live with a yes, Lord, mentality when you lead them to do something new or something renewed, uh, Lord, that they would just say, okay, Jesus, how do you want me to walk this out? I thank you that they are shining examples uh, of, a, of a husband and wife uh, that, that, that live their life on mission for you, Jesus, and then from that, relationship. They live on mission for others to know you and know uh, how you have made them. So bless them. I pray this is the best year yet coming up in 2023 and that we as a church continue to pour out our support, our love, our commitment to them as well as take in all the ministry they have for us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Can we give them the steals a round of applause? Love y'all. That was record speed, Josh. Way to go. If you ever pick this up, you can't do anything in record speed picking this up. It's uh, 20 times heavier than it looks. Uh, thank you, Bill Pell. Um, so uh, we're continuing our, in our Christmas series, and today we're looking at seeking. Uh, but to, to kick off, uh, to, uh, like I did last week, I'm going to make some uh, Christmas confessions to you personally uh, for you. These uh, have nothing to do with anything other than this is my personality. Uh, I think... The Polar Express is insanely bizarre and that Tom Hanks is messed up. It's just me, all right? <laughs> Pentatonics is the worst. Enough said, enough said. Uh, I love Buddy the Elf like he's my own family, but the elf on the shelf is as weird as pentatonics. Um, Christmas trees. You can never have enough Christmas trees. Like this, this looks like my wife says, yes, you can. No, this is like a rookie thing right here. Uh, well done. Well, good try. We can always uh, have more. And for me personally, I wear Christmas socks every Sunday um, during the Christmas season. Today, I have it on my Santa socks underneath my cowboy boots. So uh, yeehaw, Santa. Um, 
So this morning, uh, you know, we're lo- talking about seeking, and so I'm leaving the office. I think I was going to prayer or something, and uh, I'm walking around, and, and I grab my stuff, and I'm going out, and I always uh, get my water bottle. I hate labels on my water bottle, so I always take it off, uh, and, I, and I walk, and I'm like, where's my water bottle? And I'm walking around, I'm like, I put my water bottle somewhere. I don't have to get in a, a whole other water bottle and take a label off. I mean, good grief. I'm, you know, first world problems and all. And I'm looking for three minutes. I'm walking around the office looking for my water bottle. So I go and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to search. So I set everything down. And my water bottle is in my hand. <laughs> um, Sometimes the thing you're seeking is right there with you. And I thought, Lord, you did that just for me. Plus, I do that stuff, kind of stuff all the time. Um, but we're talking about seeking God. That now, he's the ultimate one that seeks, right? He came to seek and save who? The lost. That's what he told Zacchaeus, this lost chief tax collector. My chief mission on planet Earth is to seek and save the lost. Um, but in that... We also have a part to play in seeking. We seek him. Here's the thing. He's easy to find. I was trying to find this video. Uh, it's somewhere in the Apple iCloud world out there in the, in the digital universe of somewhere. It's, but it's just, we had just moved to Texas. Kian was two and a half years old. Uh, he loved playing hide and seek at the kitchen counter. And he said, we'd say, one, two, three, go. And he'd go like this. And then we'd search for him and search for him. And he'd have his head down and finally be like, I can't find him. He'd be like, there I am. And over and over, he thought he was the best hider uh, in the world. And, and it kind of reminded me, that's, that's Jesus. He's like, I'm right here. I want you to seek me, but I'm, I'm literally right in front of you. I'm right in your mess. I'm right in your success. I'm right in your health struggle. I'm right in your relationship issues. I'm right in your relationship successes. I'm right here cheering you on. I'm right here picking you up. Look for me. I'm right here. And so our big idea today in that, and I love what Nate and Lacey do with, with Cultivate, is that they're, they're really a ministry about discipleship, about us growing in our relationship with Jesus. But we're talking today about about how we grow when we seek Jesus. And here's the thing, I don't have to to hunt to find him. I grow when I seek Jesus, which means it's so easy to grow. It's so easy to grow in Jesus. You have to work at not growing in Jesus. You have to rest on your laurels or or just be like, I did that the first half of my life. I'm just gonna cruise the rest. We grow when we seek Jesus and he's always there to be found. And we're looking at a famous passage in Matthew that we connect with Christmas, even though it was like two, two years later, uh, the wise men story. It's a, it's a beautiful story. Um, we call them wise men. They were really magi or astrologers, um, uh, you know, studied the, 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 the skies and signs and, and all this stuff. And, and, and they knew prophecy. They, they were probably from the area where, where Daniel had a lot of influence uh, and, and so just, uh, you know, they, they knew prophecy. They actually quote it um, to, to King Herod uh, in this passage. Uh, and when they, when they see this star that we, you know, know as the star of Bethlehem, uh, or we refer to it as that, uh, they followed it, and, and, and they find Jesus at about two years old. Um, it's just, it's great to put it at Christmas time. 
uh, because wise men still seek him, and, and we sing those songs, and, the th- and, and we typically call them the three wise men, even though there might have been up to 100 of them. Uh, they had an entourage with them. Um, but we're going to read verses 1 through 12 of Matthew, because uh, God has Matthew put this in at the beginning uh, of the book to really explain to us the, the, what was going on and the value of seeking him. Um, and again, these guys didn't necessarily believe. They may have had a belief in God. They may not have. Uh, I'm hoping that all of them had a belief in God after this, after they saw this miracle before their eyes. Um, I'm reading from the NLT, Matthew chapter 2. says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Bad, bad guy. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. Now, Herod had uh, issues. He needed to be needed, valued. He was, he was a messed up character. So when they walk into King's, King Herod and they say, where is the newborn king of the Jews? That probably made the, the hair on, you know, on every bit of his body just stand up in like fear and hate. Um, king Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, uh, and you, I think this is from Micah, if I remember correctly, chapter two, or chapter five, uh, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. So those one of those prophecies from hundreds of years before Jesus was born uh, that nailed it. Then in verse 7, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He learned from them the time the star first, when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too with my axe, Uh, you know, because he wanted to end Jesus. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. I mean, like, wow. It's just crazy to think. We read it, and we know the story, and then when you stop and you go, a star moved and then just hung there. When they saw the star in verse 10, they were filled with joy. They were ecstatic with joy. They found him, the prophesied one. They read the signs. They knew the prophecy. And they're standing there underneath a star where Jesus lives. They entered the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. That's why I really believe uh, that they, I would hope most of them became believers. We don't know any of their story after this, but uh, God leads you on that journey, and then God speaks to you in a dream. At the end of that journey, I would think that you would believe God is real at that point, uh, and you would just not be one who just studied signs, but you would uh, follow the one who gave you uh, the signs. But These gifts here that they gave, a lot of us know what they are. Gold represents the king. Jesus is the king. Frankincense, it's this this representation of someone who's perfectly holy, someone who demands our devotion. 
He saves us and then he says, I, I'm, I alone am your God. I am the holy one, the perfect one. I'm your priest. I'm the one you look to. Don't, don't, no other additives. Jesus plus nothing is all we need. And then myrrh, of course, is, is, is representative of death. Uh, it's, it's a foretelling that, that there would be one sent from heaven who would live on this planet and then die in our place to redeem us by his sacrifice, by his body, by his blood. So a question I have for all of us is, are we living in a way that would boldly and loudly proclaim that you live seeking, that you live in a way that, that is constantly, ha has this ecstatic joy coming from you that you get to follow the king of kings, the one who made everything, the one who, who, who knew us before he even formed us in a womb, the one who died on a cross and, and beat sin and death with the, with the sacrifice of his life and, and he took our place uh, of punishment and then, he, and then he rose again to life after, after defeating the enemy and then he calls us into this new life. Are you living in a way that says, I constantly seek him out in every area of my life? Now you're here, like you're literally here or you're watching or you're listening on K-Bay. So I would assume there's a measure of belief we all have, a measure of following we all have. Are we seeking him in everything? That's the challenge before us today. Are we seeking him in every single thing? This God who, who is the king, gold, who is holy and perfect and says, I saved you, now follow me only. I demand your devotion, frankincense. I forgave you and I called you into eternal life by giving you my body in, in your place and I, and I shed my blood to forgive you of everything. Myrrh. Are you living in a way that seeks him out in every single thing? We're watching the, the final episode of The Chosen the other night uh, from season two uh, on Thursday nights. And by the way, this Thursday night, we're watching the Christmas episode. Um, I've never seen it, uh, and most of y'all probably haven't either, but we want to invite you to the gym on Thursday night. We're going to have hot chocolate and all sorts of goodies and popcorn and candy, and we're going to watch the Christmas episode uh, of The Chosen. So you're, you're invited to that, but we're watching... The last one from the other day, uh, from season two, and it's, it's Jesus just before he goes out and does the Sermon on the Mount. And there's this scene that I've shown here before um, with the Beatitudes um, from Matthew chapter five. And, and in it, Jesus is preparing himself to, to do this amazing sermon where he's gonna tell us the new way to live the fulfillment of all the law that's ever been written, the, the fulfillment of God's heart for us. If, if we can live this out, if we can do these things and, and not do these things and walk in these things, this is how you, you live a life seeking me because this is what I give you for life and godliness. And I want you to watch this, this little short snippet here from, uh, that shows the Beatitudes from the Chosen and then we're gonna continue on. Matthew. Matthew. Bye-bye. I've got it. <clears throat> the opening? Yes. What is it? A map. The what? 
directions where people should look to find me. Okay, give me a moment. Mm. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Yes, but how is it the map? If someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. I love that. At the end, of course, there's, there's all, always a little bit of embellishment with, with the show The Chosen because they're filling in gaps. But, but Jesus is giving us a, a map. He's giving us a, a way to live. Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon in the history of the world. Jesus preached it, so obviously it makes sense. Uh, but, but in it, he's, he's given us a map of how to follow God. And I love how he, how he includes community in that. If people want to find me, seek these are the kind of people they should look for. These are the kind of groups they should look for. Doing this, living as peacemakers, living uh, as, as, as in, in all those different aspects of the Beatitudes as ones that would, would do that first. You see, we don't necessarily need to, to seek Jesus to, to fill in a checklist. We go, okay, what is he, how does he call me to live I just, I'm going to read my word. And, and he says, hey, hey, do this. Live this way. Act this way. Love this way. Forgive this way. Forbear someone's sins this way. Show grace this way. Show mercy here. 
be compassionate to the person who doesn't deserve compassion. We talked about earlier this year. Uh, grace is what does a person not deserve? Give them that. That's how you seek Jesus by knowing how he says to live and then living it out. And then as it gets difficult at times, anybody ever have difficult at times to follow Jesus and his ways? Yeah, we, we just ask, would you help me? Would you, would you shore me up here? I love the story of the, of the, the Magi in Matthew 2 because, you know, it's probably 100 guys along with that entourage. It's this community. It's a community going, following a star because of a hundreds of years ago prophecy that they figured out, this must be it. Let's just go. It was not an easy task or a clean task or a cheap task. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to Uber over there and, uh, and got a discount. It was a lot, but it was a community saying, we're going to pursue. We're going to seek. God calls every believer to be in community, to be in church, to seek him together. Yes, I seek him uh, on my own, in my own relationship, but I never seek him outside of community because that's not the gospel and that's not Jesus. Seeking Jesus, who loves to be found, by the way, comes best within community. That's how he set it up. Even pre-Jesus, there was that community that followed God together. And so, as he gives us the Beatitudes, these are invitations from Jesus to come, to, to follow, to seek out this new life of, uh, that, that he gives us that's so different than the world around us and so different than religion gives us. And then as we do, he says, you'll be blessed in this way, in this way, in that way, in this way. That's the Beatitudes. We do this, and then the blessing of the Lord naturally comes upon us. He wants to bless you. But he's never going to bless you outside of us, you and I, being obedient to his word and following his word. He can't bless sin. Now, he can forgive us and get us on the right track. He, he can love us, but he's not going to bless an outside of him lifestyle. So we pursue this. We seek this. We live this out. And then the blessings come. That's what he was telling Matthew there. In the most powerful sermon ever. Jesus is describing a life of blessing that God has always intended for you and I. In essence saying, this is how you seek me, do these things. Because we grow when we seek Jesus. You're never going to grow if you don't seek Jesus. It's impossible. I love Proverbs 8 verse 17. It's so powerful in one small sentence. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently, find me. Here I am. Seek me diligently. Here I am. Just look with your heart set towards me. Here I am. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm going to go over here. And when you become so holy that uh, I would allow you entrance into heaven without me, you can find me. No. We're all unholy. We're all unrighteous. We're all a mess outside of Jesus. But Jesus makes a way where there is no way. And so he says, if you're just, if your heart is set to find me, you'll find me. But you got to look. And I don't make it hard. God's truth, God's ways, God's approval, they're not found by the half-hearted. If you don't persistently seek after and continue this lifestyle, it probably doesn't matter that much to you. 
I got saved, but I'm good. I got fire insurance, not going to hell. I mean, I lived that way for a long time. I believe, I don't really like following, but I'm saved from hell. I'm good. Man, my life was a mess. If I'd have died in that, my belief is his grace is so far reaching, he would have said, I got you here. <laughs> now, now you can have an eternal life. But man, what a mess you made of your life. But I love you. I'm glad you're here. But I still lived a less than life. He doesn't want you to live a less than life here. His grace is farther reaching than you and I can ever figure out. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not the one that judges. And praise God, I'm not. And neither are you. He's the judge. He dispenses grace as he dispenses grace. But you don't have to live a less than life. But to live a full, abundant life, you've got to persistently seek him. If you don't persistently seek him and do it within community, you're probably going to end up writing your own truths and you'll follow those. And then it's going to be a mess, abject failure at that point. Superficial pursuit gains superficial results. It's kind of like, uh, imagine a lot of us in here are married, and imagine if like, you meet the one you're going to marry, you're like, oh, that's the one I want to marry, and you walk up and you're like, hey, I got video games to get to, but uh, if you want to do this marriage thing, I'm in, huh? All right, good. Uh, don't bother me during the video games, but uh, let me know what you think, okay? It might be cool. You're, you're something. Can you imagine that being a proposal? Now, if you said yes to that, good luck. Uh, <laughs> God can work with anything, okay, so it's, he's not, but like, man, you meet the one you love, and you're like, okay, never moved heaven and earth before, but I'm doing it now. I'm going to get this girl to say yes. I had it made. I lived on Maui, so it was a built-in heaven. Uh, you know, I had paradise at my, at my fingertips, but I still worked. I'm like, that girl is going to want to marry me, and I'm going to do what it takes to, to show her that she's the only one that has my, my eye and my heart. Um, because I don't want to ever, I didn't want to ever like pursue Sarah superficially and be like, we live on Maui, it's already kind of nice here. You want to be married to me because I'm kind of nice? That would have been dumb. And if she have said yes, I'd have been like, your judgment is, you know, bad judge of character, like the Grinch says. Uh, uh, what does he say to Cindy Lou who, oh, sweet girl, bad judge of character. Um, you know, you want to persistently pursue the ones you love. Well, he wants you to love him the most. So seek him with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. I love this story. It's just, it's probably my favorite Old Testament story. And I know I say that about 17 of them, but this is it. Uh, but it's this picture they're in exile as a nation. They're like, we're supposed to be coming back soon. You're going to free us. And they have false prophets and liars telling them, don't do, really do anything because God's going to come back and get you. So they're getting kind of slothful. And so God says, hey, I, I've got a plan, but it, it means you're going to stay here for a while and you're going to be highly successful as you live for me and even for others. And the others are the ones that are your captors. They're the ones holding you captive. And, and uh, so for them, life was unknown and it and it felt like defeat, but God knows. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days, the days that seem so hard, 
in those days, when you pray, I'll listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Persistence, seeking in every area of your life. It's not just seeking him for salvation. That's the best. That's the ultimate. That's the eternal thing. It's seeking him in every area of your life. Don't, with, don't, don't keep him out of some area of your life. Even if you think, I got this, or he's not that interested, or he's got, he's got a lot of stuff on his plate, and, you know, me, you know, buying this, or going here, or, or changing jobs, or, or doing this, uh, it, it probably doesn't matter that much to him in the scheme of eternity. No, you matter the most to him. So everything that happens in your life matters to him. So let him be a part of everything. Seek him in every area of your life and watch your life grow into the very image of Jesus. In the midst of struggle or an unknown like they were dealing with in Jeremiah. Maybe this feeling like something's missing or, or maybe you just feel like, man, there's more. I just don't know what the more is for me. Man, let him in. Seek, pursue, search. And even when you don't fully comprehend everything, you'll, you'll find that he's trustworthy. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not bring harm. Do you want that kind of God on your side? Yeah? If anybody didn't say yeah, at least in their mind, man, you need to come up here and get prayer because maybe you are just going, I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm here, I got drug here, or I felt like I need to drag myself here, but I don't know that I believe. It's a great prayer that a person cried out to Jesus one time. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. Maybe today you'll need to come up here and be like, Jesus, I do believe, but I don't, so help my unbelief. You're trustworthy, but I don't trust you. Help me. That's seeking him as opposed to saying, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Last week we talked about how Jesus was worthy of our worship no matter what. He's, we, we worship him because he, he's worth it. So is he worth pursuing daily or not, in every area of your life or not? The answer to that question is found in how you live each day. How and whether or not you include Jesus in everyday decisions and everyday aspects of your life. Hebrews chapter 4, 16, God tells us, I want you coming into my very presence. I want you here. I like having you in my life. I give you free access to me. Ephesians, uh, Hebrews 4, 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, our favor-giving God. There, we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help when we need it most. Remember, we grow when we seek Jesus. So we have to make this, we have to, to make this simple encouragement from the author of Hebrews a routine reality in our lives. This, this daily going before the throne of God and inviting him into our life and asking him questions and, and seeking his wisdom and just being in his presence. More than anything, he wants us just to be in his presence. Psalm 4610, be still in my presence and know that I am your God. Seek God's heart in all things. 
I want you to, to watch this video in a second and hear this simple, powerful story from, from Pastor Kevin and, and Shelby uh, on seeking God in all matters of life and, and, and just laying their hearts out before him and saying, God, I, I want to know what you want for me and I want, I want you to be the one to lead and guide me and then I'll follow. So watch this video, Pastor Kevin and Shelby. So I met Hill Country Fellowship in 2017. Uh, we were both working at uh, Camp Eagle, which is a camp in Rock Springs, Texas. Hill Country Fellowship was one of my groups uh, that I got a chance to lead and fell in love with them, fell in love with the students, um, and knew that I belonged with that group that week. Um, but at the same time, I knew that I was gonna go into something completely different after camp. And uh, through that week, Hunter Simmons and Levi Holder uh, both started talking to me about full-time ministry again. And I was like, no, I, I don't belong in full-time ministry. I am okay, perfectly okay with being out of full-time ministry. And uh, anyway, through prayer and through just intentionally seeking what God was calling me to do, throughout the rest of the summer, at the end of the summer, I reached out to, uh, to Hunter about possibly having a job uh, here in Burnett. And uh, I was living in Alabama at the time with my family. So in September of 2017, I, uh, I took a huge leap of faith of leaving my parents. Uh, the only person, only people that I knew down here were Hunter, Levi, and then Shelby, who uh, was my girlfriend at the time, but she lived in Dripping Springs, so she was an hour away. In 2020, um, we decided to take a step back from full-time ministry, and Kevin decided to pursue another career path. At the time, we kind of felt like that was where the Lord was taking us, um, but hindsight 2020, I think we kind of left on our own accord. About a year later, Kevin came to me and he's like, he said like, hey, I'm supposed to be in full-time ministry. Um, and he didn't really know, like he didn't know what that looked like really, um, and really didn't have any opportunity in front of him at, at the time. And so I took some time to just kind of pray about it um, and seek the Lord because I was kind of confused why we just went that whole year doing one thing just to go back. I came to the realization that my husband seeks the Lord every single day. Um, and God was telling him this thing, like I had to trust that God was speaking to Kevin and he was seeking the Lord during this time. And like, if, if that's what the Lord was telling him to do, then like, that's what we were gonna do. So I started sending out my resume to a few different churches. Uh, I heard back from a few. And the ones that I, I did end up talking to, I just, I did not, have a piece about um, for one reason or another. I got a call from Scott and uh, we had just talked about this position and I knew that um, coming back would be the easy thing to do. I was like, I, I really need to pray about this decision, really need to pray about it because I don't want to just do the easy thing because it's the easy thing. Um, I really want to be where the Lord has called me to be. It, it was very clear. Um, and about a week into, into just praying and 
really wanting to know what the Lord was telling me to do, um, it was just, it was a yes, yes, yes. And it wasn't just a Kevin yes. You came home from work that day and you looked at me and you were like, I'm, I'm gonna take the job and I'm excited. So through this whole process, uh, which felt like forever, and looking back on it, it didn't take that long, but it wasn't a year wasted, but it was a year of truly figuring out how to seek God and His will for us. Um, and looking back on it, it's, it was a huge blessing. We're grateful to have walked through that. Uh, were there very hard times? Yes, of course. But man, the Lord was faithful and we seeked Him out and He was there. I mean, He was there 110% of the way. Luke chapter 11, yeah. And we're blessed because they sought the Lord. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, famous passage. So I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. We grow when we seek Jesus. So pursue. And remember that it's best done in community. Because it's not done in community, it's done less than. Be persistent. God loves to reward and wants to teach us to continue and, and, and teach us how to, how to push through if we don't get the answer right away. I mean, there's the picture, just keep knocking, just keep knocking, just keep knocking. When it's the right time, I'm gonna open the door for you or to you or whatever it is that you're, you're knocking about. Even Jesus had to persist. We remember the story of, of him in the, in, the, in the garden. His flesh didn't wanna die and go through all those things. So he sought the presence of his father and the comfort of his father and the wisdom of his father. And, and he travailed. I mean, he was either dripping drops of blood or he was sweating so big that it sounded and looked like it. But he was, he, it was intense. He understands what it means to, to struggle with something and to seek. And, and then he landed on the side of Whatever your will is, I'm going to do it uh, because, God, I trust you and you're trustworthy. So I'm going to ask you to stand right now and we're going to go into a, a couple songs of worship. Uh, but I really believe during these songs that some people, maybe you need to come down to the altar and just, just set yourself before him. Maybe you need to just come down and be still and know that he is God. Maybe you just need to come and it's, an, it's a part of, of asking or seeking or knocking uh, in, in this time. But, but let him invade every area of your life. Don't withhold one single thing from him. What is it that you need? What is it that you need to plead for? What is it that you need to, to say, God, I have just held you at bay here. Would you be a part of this area of my life? Or maybe some of you, Today is the day that your seeking ends in finding a savior and you are found for all time, for eternity. You are saved, you are made righteous, you are made holy, you're forgiven of your sins. He says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that is an easy seek moment. Help me, yes.
Remember me in paradise, the guy said on the cross. Yes, today you'll be with me. He doesn't make it hard, but you do have to seek. So Lord, we, we come before you as your sons and daughters, and, and maybe some in here as your soon-to-be sons and daughters. But we come before you, and, and Lord, I, I just ask that you help us to, to lift up those things to you that we need answers for, that we need your presence in, that we need your guidance uh, in, in walking out, that in those areas where we have clamped down and held tight and have not let you in, that we would, we would say, Lord, let me just bust the doors open and, and seek you here and let you invade this part of my life. Help me to be a disciple who seeks you so that I will grow into the very image of my Jesus. I pray that walls would be broken down today. If there's relationship issues, if there's a husband and wife issue here, Lord, I, I pray that they would just turn it over to you and they would trust you with it all. Health, finance, the state of the world, loved ones gone awry. Maybe that someone finds themselves far from you in their own minds. Lord, I pray they would just turn. Everyone would just turn and say, Jesus, please. And, and they would be shown how much favor you will bestow on them because you told us if we'll live this way, the blessings will come. So we trust you for those blessings as we seek to follow you wholeheartedly. Be with us. Meet us where we are. Break through where we need a breakthrough. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. God bless and have a great week.